You're listening to episode three of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about how to change your past and why it's probably not what you think. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, my friends. How's it going being a silly human today? Well, I wanted to share a story with you before we totally dive in because I got into a little trouble after episode two with my kiddo. So I was in the kitchen replaying a draft of episode two so I could send any editing notes to my podcast guy. And my six-year-old was in there too, apparently listening to every word. And I don't know if you remember episode two, but I was emphatically saying things like, only you know what's best for you. Only you know what your truth is and what your ideal life is supposed to be like. Well, soon after listening to this with me, my kiddo was asking if she could have ice cream for breakfast. And I was like, no, why are you asking that? You know what the answer is. And then she shouts back, but mom, you just said only I know what's best for me. You don't know what's best for me. Only I do. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, she's like, can I watch a movie? And I'm like, um, no, you need to play outside first because when you watch shows, you get super tired and don't want to get off the couch. Well, you can guess what happened, right? She's like, I heard about how watching movies is the best thing for her. And how dare I say I know what's best for her? And didn't I just say that the only person that knows what's best for them is that person? Well, indeed I did. So then I had to explain how it's a bit different with kids. And yes, I did say that, but it kind of only applies to when you get older, I'm not exactly sure when, but like maybe when you're a teenager for some things, but not everything. And until you're like an actual adult, which we're not sure when that actually happens. And oh my God, it was a mess. But it was an awesome mess because I'm glad that she's hearing these messages, even if it leads to these kinds of misunderstandings. In the long run, I really want her to know these truths. Yeah. So anyway, I hope you had a really good Memorial Day weekend. I got to spend a lot of time being cozy in the rain. I don't really mind gray weather, I realize, if there's some action, like rain or snow. If it's just gray, that's a bit boring for me. So I was actually quite enjoying the rain. And on Memorial Day, I got to think a lot about my dad. He was a World War II Army veteran. He had me late and light about his age to get in, okay? <laughs> and it made me really think about our topic today on changing our past. Because my father, he became mentally ill during World War II and was honorably discharged. And despite his schizophrenia, he managed to finish college, even back before the meds for schizophrenia had improved. And he was a full-on patriot and so compassionate. Democrat to the bones. He loved animals and us. And he was born during the Great Depression, and his mother was widowed with five children. And then she tried to commit suicide and take him with her by her side when he was five years old. And he was orphaned at five. He got fired from so many jobs because of his mental illness. He wanted to provide for us and to use his talents and his energy, but his mental illness got in the way. And despite all this, 
even his mother committing suicide and her trying to take him with her, he loved. He prayed, he danced, he cried when beautiful music came on. He loved to talk about everything except the war. I know almost nothing from that part of his life, but I do know it caused him immense pain. And I wish I could get into his head and see how he rewrote his story. Because somehow, despite all of his challenges, he never had the story that he had to be vengeful or mean or aggressive or give up on trying. He believed we loved him. He accepted our love. He wanted more love. He didn't close his heart. He left it open. So somehow, my dad took his past and chose to remember it in a way that served him. At least he did so as best he could, right? That's why today I want to talk about your past and how to change it. Because if you're human, you likely have some stories in there about your past that aren't serving you. For many of you, this may be the most important work you do in your life. I know with my clients, it's some of the most important work they do with me. Because so many of us have our identity based on our past. And our identity shapes how we experience the present moment and how we create our future. We think our thoughts about the past affect our past. Like if we think about what happened with my ex, maybe things will be different about it. Or we think about our thoughts about the future affecting our future. Like if I worry about what might happen, I can be safer. But really... Our brains can only be in one place in time. And you know what that is? You know, right, Rebel Buddha? Now. So there's a problem when we are thinking so much about the past. We think the past affects us. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about the past, but it doesn't affect us. It's done, finished. It's our thoughts about the past that affect us, that persist. And let me just clarify here that I'm not talking about if you have a diagnosis of PTSD or severe trauma that is still impacting your ability to function. That's out of the scope of what I'm referring to in this short time I have here. So if this is you, feel free to listen. But please talk about this with your provider, knowing it may not apply to you at your current stage of healing, okay? What I'm talking about here is those times when we are reliving the past and thinking about things like how our parents screwed up, the mistakes we made, the relationships that we feel hurt by, the time our classmates humiliated us, when we were rejected, all those things we regret, all those things we feel victimized by. We spend a lot of time with those memories, those thoughts of the past. And how we think about the past is what really shapes our experience of it in the present moment. Think about how if you forget about something, it doesn't impact you in the present moment. Then somebody reminds you, or there's a trigger of the memory, and you feel the emotional pain again. So let's take a step back and ask, what is the past anyway? The past, as we experience it now, is a thought. It's a thought about what happened. We feel like our thoughts about the past aren't optional, that they are just recollections of facts. 
we don't think we have a choice about how we think of the past because we think we are just recalling facts of what happened. But actually, the thoughts we are having are completely optional. And we get to remember something however we want to. Think about your favorite children's story, for example, right? I have a six-year-old, so one of the movies I liked watching with her was Coco, but maybe I'll choose something a bit more universal. Like, let's do A Little Red Riding Hood. So there's been many interpretations of this, right? Especially about the theme of morality in it. So it can be about what's right and what's wrong. It can be about how it's dangerous to trust strangers or about trusting strangers that are suspiciously kind. Some people take a more adult interpretation about this, right? And about sexuality and rape within the story. And in old French and Italian versions of Little Red Riding Hood, the girl is totally independent and clever, and she tricks the wolf and escapes without any help. And some people think it's about the cycle of the sun and the seasons, and with the cycle of life, with people dying and being born. So you can interpret events in many different ways. You can tell many different versions of a story. Our interpretation, the story we tell about the facts of our life, is optional. And this is very important to remember because often our memories of the past also define us as a person. Not because they should, but because we let them. Our identity is extremely tied to our story of our past. We can tell the story of our past as if we are a hero or heroine, or conversely, as if we are a victim, which is a place of disempowerment. And this isn't saying that you weren't a victim then. For many situations, we were. Often, we were kids or in another position when we lacked power or agency, but that was then. Now is different. I want to encourage you to use your past in a way that actually serves your present. Let me give you another example, okay? I've had many things in my life that would be seen by many as reasons to feel victimized, right? I grew up in a very poor and violent neighborhood. We had break-ins, guns shot at our house, and friends that died in gangs. My mother suffered trauma from World War II in the Philippines, and she was physically abusive. My father had schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. This is also known as schizoaffective disorder. And he gave away what little money we did have whenever he was in a manic phase. At the age of 16, I was raped at a party. And this is just my childhood, y'all, and it's not even all of it, right? Yes, I was a victim of abuse, of sexual assault, of poverty, but that is all over now. I am not a victim now. Can you see the difference? I'll tell you right now that I can feel the difference between those two ways of saying it. I can feel the difference in my body, in how I sit, in how I hold my head up, and how bright my eyes are. And I'm sharing this with you so that you can see it is possible to rise from the ashes. And to do so, the story you tell about all that past shizzle has to change. I could 
tell you a story about how all that happened to me and how other people had it so much easier and make up a bunch of excuses about why other people are in a better place than me and why I will never catch up. I could make up excuses for why I don't take action, why I'm stuck and why you should feel sorry for me and not expect much from me. I could have a pity party in my panties all about it, right? As I think about this, It's so trippy for me because I almost can't even make up the sad story anymore because I identify so much with how my past has served me for the better. Because the other story I can tell, the other story I choose to tell, and let me tell you, I choose it anew every day, is the one where it couldn't have been any other way. That what happened to me was exactly what should have happened how it helped me commit to my education so I could ensure I was able to get out of the poor and violent neighborhood I grew up in, and how now I have more graduate degrees than anyone should have and have a lot of diverse income streams as a result, which is really kind of nice in these current times, right? How I have such a wicked sense of discipline that when I say I'm going to do something, you might as well consider it done. So I trust myself. I have my own back. It's helped me not ever feel the need to rely on a partner to support me. So when I felt a relationship was not right, I was not afraid to leave. And now I'm here with my sexy mountain man. My past suffering helped me develop grit, which helped me start my business, write out the ups and downs, deal with the internet trolls and the online haters. I know I can handle anything because I've handled a lot and early on too. So while I can be afraid even a lot of the time, it doesn't keep me from taking action. It has helped me have true compassion and empathy for others in the same predicaments. And people trust me because I have walked in their shoes. And that means I can serve more people more effectively. If I didn't have to deal with the extreme anxiety and panic attacks from my past traumas, I would have never had my intense drive to find a solution from that emotional suffering. And I may have never discovered meditation and the Dharma. Some of you might say that choosing to tell the story in this way is brainwashing, that I'm ignoring how fucked up it was that I was raped or that my mother abused me and that by spinning it the way I have, that I'm in denial. But here's the thing. We are already brainwashed to think the way we currently think about it, if that's the term you want to use, right? The way we think about our past right now is only that way because we've thought the same thoughts over and over about it. That's the only reason it's more believable. Because what is a belief but a thought you've thought over and over? So why not choose the story where I am the heroine? Why is the sad story more real? It's not I feel like this is a great example for me, at least of what I sometimes refer to as practical emptiness. Like, how can I take the concept of everything being ultimately empty of inherent existence or being neutral and apply that to my everyday life? So in this case, some facts happened. But what qualities am I going to assign to those facts, those neutral facts? Even beyond Eastern philosophy, remember the famous quote from Hamlet, right? There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. 
Here's another story I like to illustrate this point. There's a Taoist story of an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. And one day, his horse ran away. And upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said. Maybe, the farmer replied. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. Oh, how wonderful, the neighbors exclaimed. Maybe, replied the old man. And then the following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke his leg. And the neighbors came by to offer their sympathy on this, like, apparent misfortune. Maybe, he says. The day after, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. And seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulates the farmer, right? They're like, woo, right on. He didn't get drafted. Things turned out really well. Maybe, he says. So you see, what if we stop trying to label things as good or bad from our past? What if we chose to get curious about why it happened for us instead? I know some of you are still holding out, right? You think there's a purpose to remembering the past in the old way. But what is the benefit of the story where I am a victim of my past? Some people might say because it protects you. It keeps you alert so it doesn't happen again. That is the same fallacy as thinking that worrying and anxiety will help protect us, help us prepare. But in reality, we can much more effectively prepare when we are in the present, not being taken over by emotions like fear. If you think, when I worry, I can better plan for problems. No. When you worry, you're sitting here worrying and imagining all the things that might go wrong. When you decide to take action, you're having a different thought and emotion, like determination or commitment, which you can get to without the worry or anxiety. This was a really common thing I saw when I was doing my free coaching calls for COVID, right? People said they needed to worry because it helped them feel safe and stay safe, but it doesn't. Worrying thoughts and the emotion of anxiety do not lead to positive action. In fact, they most often lead to inaction and spinning. Thoughts that create determination or commitment help you wear your mask and wash your hands and stick it out even when you're sick of hunkering down to help you prepare to have enough food and water to help you best assess the data and make informed decisions. This goes back to the principles I've mentioned in previous episodes and what I teach all the time in Freedom School, that your thoughts create your emotions, the way you feel, and your feelings are what drive your actions. Contrary to popular belief, our actions are not driven by logic. And what we do or not do, how we show up in the world, is what shapes our future. It's what's given us the results that we have today. So the thoughts about your past will shape how you feel today. And how you act or don't act today will, guess what? Create your results in life. This is why when we spend all our time perseverating about the past, we keep living the same life over and over. We keep repeating the same patterns. Our thoughts ultimately create our results. From the Majima Nikaya, the Buddha said, 
Whatever a person frequently thinks about and ponders, that will become the inclination of their mind. If one frequently thinks about and ponders unhealthy states, one has abandoned healthy states to cultivate unhealthy states, and then one's mind inclines to unhealthy states. Here, a person rouses the will, makes an effort, stirs up energy, exerts the mind, and strives to abandon arisen unhealthy mental states. So this shizzle ain't new, y'all. It's been around since at least 500 BCE when the Pali Canon was written, right? And you've all seen this in your own life, I'm sure, wondering why you keep making the same mistakes. You've seen it in friends, watching them in disbelief, making the same bad decisions over and over again. So I want to invite you to decide now how you want to think about your past. You get to choose the identity you want to have of yourself. Your past does not define you. You get to define you. And because our thoughts about our past create our identity on so many levels, this means I want you to decide how you want to think about your past. Remember, old thoughts create old feelings, which create the same old patterns of action or inaction, which lead to the same damn old results. To create a different future, you need to create new thoughts. Choose new thoughts. The tricky part is that to choose a new thought takes more energy than to think an old familiar thought, even if that old familiar thought is painful. So you need to be okay with doing some work. Just like meditation isn't always easy, choosing new thoughts is not easy. I think of thought work as active meditation. When you have a mindful awareness of your current thoughts, in this case, your current thoughts of the past, and then you consciously choose new thoughts to mindfully shape a more skillful, compassionate future, that's active meditation. And this is why it's so important. When we are mindful and aware of our thoughts about our past, we can choose thoughts that help us show up as better humans in the world. When we can choose the thoughts that serve our highest self, our highest good, then we actually make the world a better place. And you know we kind of need that right now, right? More than ever. Now let's be real. It's so much easier to default to the old way of thinking. So you need to practice those new thoughts. It's like exercise or healthy eating. You need to eat your vegetables, so to speak. You don't have to like it, but you do need to do it if you want to see changes. So you might be wondering, well, how do I come up with the new thoughts to begin with? And this is where we circle around back to what I said earlier about writing a new story about your past. I literally want you to do this. I want you to sit down and write a story about your past. I want you to have a title for the book about your past, and I want you to have chapter headings, but I want you to write them from a new perspective. So you're going to have to write your old title and old chapter headings, and then write your new ones. So like instead of a chapter called The Breakup, call it Breaking Free. Instead of a chapter called Getting Sick, call it The Inescapable Lesson or The Shaman's Journey or whatever. Even if the chapter titles are all you do, it will help. Because whether we are aware of it or not, we have those old chapter titles in our heads. The abuse, the poverty, the bad luck, the death. If you can take the time 
to write your old narrative, it will show you where you're getting stuck because whatever you write will feel like facts, but you will get to the point where you can read it over and see so much of it is just thoughts. And when you rewrite your new life story, you'll see how resistant you are to changing what you think are facts. And it makes sense, right? Because up until this point, those thoughts about the past have defined you, and it can feel very earth-shattering to choose to see them a different way. You may feel like you're letting go of your protection, but it's what you need to do. It's what we need you to do so you can warrior up and get out there and be one of the forces of good. We need more people that are not driven by blind reactions to emotions that seem to arise from nowhere. We need more people who are awake. We need you to see your power, to own it, to turn it on, to create the next chapter on your terms, on terms that are driven by love and compassion, freedom, inner and outer adventures, purpose, and meaning. So, for your next step, I want to invite you to ask yourself, what if you stopped asking why something happened to you? And instead, what if you were courageous enough to ask why something happened for you? I know you can do it. If you enjoyed this and feel like you want to learn more, you have to check out Freedom School for Rebels, my monthly coaching experience where we will spend the entire month of June on exactly this, changing your past, writing your new life story, and applying it to real life. Snag the amazing bonuses that go away at the end of this month too. So check it all out at joinfreedomschool.com. That's joinfreedomschool.com. I'd love to have you join me. See you in class.